0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome back. We are for season three of the Intellectual Soul Food Lunch Buffet. And today, we just want to say, are we really welcoming ourselves back? We're coming to you in live in five four. Welcome back to another season of Intellectual Soul Food Lunch Buffet. I am your sous chef for the day, Doc, Rob coming at you live, and I've got a brand new crop of students. I've got some veterans coming back and I have some new students with us as well, and we are so delighted that you are here with us. I'm going to go ahead and first start by introducing or having our new culinary, intellectual culinary chefs in training. Uh, introduce themselves and I'll go ahead and start with Clockwise. Let's start first with Gregory. Gregory, tell us who you are, what you're representing, and all the other good stuff about you.
1: Hello, my name is Gregory. I am a math communication major. I'm planning to get my master's in uh, global communication and it's, it's good to be here on the show.
0: We are so glad to have you. We're now going to talk to our, our new a newbie with us and that's Miss Jayani. Jayani. Introduce yourself for us.
2: Hello, I am Jayani Horton. I'm a mass communication major. Um, I am a junior and my concentration is broadcast media.
0: So glad that you are joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. and more welcome.
2: We're now gonna pivot to
0: another person who's with us and that is Miss, a veteran, and that's Miss Shania. Hey, Shania, check in for us, rep yourself well.
3: Hey, I'm Shanaya. I am a senior here at Central. I'm a mass comm major, and I'm planning to change my concentration to media studies soon.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. We are—we go- know you're going to do us proud there. And we have another newbie with us, and that is Mr. Will LaMarch. Will, check in with us. Tell us who you are, how you're doing, and give us a good greeting.
4: Hey, I'm Willa March. Uh, sorry, I had some connectivity issues, um, but I'm doing good. I am uh, also a mass common major. I also want to major in English. Eventually, become an educator. Um, I'm doing good today. Uh, it's been a long day for sure, but um, I'm ready to just hop right in. Yeah.
0: And we have last with us, Mr. Trevor Innes. Travis, yeah. tell us who you are, hello, who you're hello. representing, and why you're here with us today.
4: Hello, you can hear me right, but hello, I'm Trevor Ennis. I'm Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, mass communications major, populations. It's nice to be here.
0: We are glad that you are here with us. Thank you for joining all of us. And what we're going to do now is we're going to do a little organization, if you will, and we're going to start talking about the current events. And we got quite a few current events with us, believe it or not. So let's see. Our first current event, and we'll go to our, our. I'm going to call it what I like to call it, Soul Train Scramble Board And I'm gonna go ahead and bring some issues up or the things up that we're gonna talk about. And let's see what we have right here. Our first true event, believe it or not is, it's hurricane season, Hurricane Ida. Someone tell us about what's going on with hurricane season.
2: So um, it's hurricane season right now in Louisiana, Hurricane Ida. Just came in kind of did its damage, and now it is the aftermath stages. Right now, it's the recovery stages of trying to. get It's damage, and now it is the aftermath stage. Is um, right now it's the recovery stages of trying to. get um,
3: yeah. Is that mine or is it? Is the aftermath stage. Is, um, right
0: Okay, little feedback. We got that, but I think we take care of that. And on top of that, believe it or not, we have another hurricane that's coming up right behind us. Hurricane Nicholas. Anyone know anything about that?
1: That's a new one for
0: me.
3: Yes. Um, Nicholas is planning to hit the Texas Gulf Coast as early as... When I did the research, it said Tuesday, which was last night, so I'm assuming next Tuesday um, it could hit, and it's um, like... They're planning for it to be a big hurricane as well.
0: Okay, so we got the hurricanes, and then on top of that, we had something else that happened not too long ago. Now, this is, I would not say it's old news, but I would say it's relevant news, and that is Afghan. We have left Afghanistan officially. Uh, Will talk about that, but I think that's important because we just recently celebrated a 20-year, I wouldn't call it an anniversary, but a commemoration of September 11, 2002, 2001, and for those of course who don't know, I'm sure you do know, uh, that was the day that rocked the United States. Um, the World Trade Center came crashing down after terrorist attacks, and that in turn launched the uh, involvement, the war with Afghanistan. And so that happened recently as well. What else is going on in our current events? What else is relevant that's taking place with us right about now? I say the COVID cases with um, K-12 at Wake County. COVID, talk me about that. We're looking right now at WREL, and they're telling us that right now, North Carolina is averaging mostly 7,000 COVID infections a day. That's 74 COVID, I'm sorry, 74 COVID-19 deaths per day.
1: Yes, sir. Well, today it was updated that there were 7,131 new cases, but altogether it's about 1,317,316 cases. Across the globe? Across the globe uh, in North
3: Carolina. When I did my initial research, because remember we had to like reschedule the podcast, it was at four thousand cases as of nine eight, and just from nine fifteen, when I did research, it was three more cases. So COVID is going. This is in North Carolina specifically, but COVID is going up crazy. The death number is going up. From my original research, the death total went up by a thousand deaths in just a, like a few days. So. It's still pretty bad and pretty prevalent even though people are acting like it's not.
0: That's crazy. And when you think about it, it's real odd because when you think about this whole thing with COVID and the whole piece regarding, I would say, vaccinations and schools and mask mandates, that's a heated topic. I think we'll be talking about that today, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think here's another one which is very relevant to us, and that is this guy. Will, talk to us about House Bill 324. Muted. Yeah, sorry. uh... He's having a little technical difficulty outside, but I think we kind of know what happens with House Bill 324. Someone talk to us about that. What is House Bill 324, and why was it so relevant, and what recently happened with it? Think will, will join us. <laughs> House Bill 324,
3: it, go ahead. It's a bill um, that North Carolina school children can be taught about Americans' racial history and was approved by the Republican led House. When um, I did my orig- original research, I said on Wednesday. So I'm going to assume this was like two Wednesdays ago.
0: So, with House Bill 324, what recently happened with House Bill 324? What recently happened with it? It went through its schoolhouse rock version of a bill becomes a law, but what happened to it? Somebody talk to me, or I might have a pop quiz for everybody. What happened with House Bill 324 recently? Oh, that's a very good question. We'll get to that in a minute, Zakari. So for those who don't know, House Bill 324 was vetoed by the governor. Uh, basically, it had passed this, both chambers, and now they said it was going to become a law. Well, the North Carolina governor in charge himself, Roy Cooper, said, nah, pushed it back. So it's not a real threat any longer. But it has really divided quite a few countries or quite a few states in the country. Um, particularly along the lines of critical race theory. Uh, We had our own big issue with it, of course, with Nicole Hannah-Jones over the summertime. So those are just some of the current events that we encountered over the summer and of recent. We have a question that comes to us from Zakari, and she raises a very interesting question. I'm going to put it out there for you all. Zakari asks, how has COVID affected all of us? Who would like to talk about how COVID has affected us?
1: We'll come back on track with... um Getting back in school and stuff, you see everybody wearing masks. Everybody keeping keeping their social distancing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different than it was around twenty nineteen, where we had people going to the what's it called, to the bowl, without mm-hmm. partying. But now we got to be more careful of what we do so we don't get sick, especially with the new the new variant the Delta variant, mm-hmm. as is like more it's more dead it's more deadly than a regular COVID.
3: So I know that. for me, I work in the service industry and a lot of like industries in general are just getting hit really hard with people not wanting to work. Um, COVID has really changed the way a lot of people view work from either unemployment or working from home. People's view on work has really changed. And I know I work two jobs and both jobs are really struggling to keep people um, that want to work.
2: Okay. Someone else. Isn't that... Um, along with the work aspect of it, when COVID first um, started and we first uh, went in quarantine and everything, I had to get a job that was labeled like essential, I guess. So I was no longer working at Plato's Closet. Now I had to work at a grocery store or a, um, a supermarket of some sort. So. I started working at games and everything. So after that, when outside opened back up and um, non-essential businesses were able to go back, I've noticed that my hours were actually um, a little bit more because then I started working in the mall and workers in that field sort of um, stayed home. So then the hours opened up. So it was a kind of, it it struck hard in the beginning but then in the end, um, or more recently I'll say, Hours have been going back up, depending on like what what you're doing, because nobody wants to work. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Trevor.
4: Okay, and to add on what she said, um, COVID has affected me really well. It's really, really affected me too, my mental health, physical health, and just overall life. And um, and the related related back to school, I would say it's hard because you can barely remember somebody's face or remember what somebody looks like because they have a mask all the time. And unless you have a conversation with someone or actually or actually involved in things with them, you might not remember that person because they have a mask on. Just the simple things of life, COVID is affected. And we just take advantage of certain things that we thought were normal. But yeah, COVID has affected me a lot and um, I think it's affected everybody.
0: I can tell you personally that COVID is nothing to mess with. Um, and no no shade to the akas but the delta variant is a serious matter um the Mm -hmm. reality is is that having had covid uh, last year when i got it first of all i thought that i was okay and then suddenly i thought i had the flu and so after dealing with you know going to get a covid test and dealing with the whole piece about okay i'm fine i just have the flu no sir you have covid i'm like how did I get COVID? I did everything i was supposed to do. And I can tell you that the COVID 20 pounds I put on in the lock-in, I lost them <laughs> because when you get sick with COVID, you have no appetite. And I can tell you that um, it is really, this thing has actually caused some issues in families. Um, we've had to tell some family members, we love you. We can love you from a distance until you get vaccinated and wear a mask. And so I know at the, the professional level, all of us at the university have been required or are being asked rather to provide proof of vaccination. And if you don't have proof of vaccination, we're requiring to, or we are required to have testing every two weeks or so. So I can tell you, and that's a very good question. uh, It has really had a serious impact on all of us. And I thank you for the question. I hope we have more questions from those in the audience too. Feel free to raise questions because we have a serious, serious conversation that's about to take place when we get back. When we get back, We're gonna talk about welcome back and what does it mean for us to really be back. So we will see you inside of 30 seconds. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear, vaping is not safe for youth. welcome back that's our topic of discussion for the day for those of you who don't know there's an old tv show on called welcome back carter and they would open up with a song called welcome back let you know how old i am but we are talking about welcome back and what does it mean to be back so let's go ahead and throw these topics out there i'm going to just do round robin let's start welcome back we of course had a nasty issue of nasty there's a big conversation that's talking about student fake ID cards. Talk to me about that. What do you all know about that?
1: Yeah, people are making-
0: ID,
3: let me go
1: back, fake ID vaccination cards. Let's talk vaccination about Vaccination cards. People yeah. are making fake ID vaccination cards for, like some jobs they require, you gotta be vaccinated. But some people don't wanna get vaccinated for I guess many reasons. So they actually making fake ID
0: cards or vaccination cards for the people that don't wanna get vaccinated. So talk to me then about this whole thing, knowing that people are faking vaccination cards, does that make you feel safe as students?
3: As a student, it does not make me feel safe personally. Um, it's just one of the things like we have to get vaccinations for so many other things in life. And I feel like. Just for the safety of others, I do think, I know some people have health issues um, and they don't want to get vaccines for that reason. But people who are just not getting it due to misinformation, it really bothers me because we do have to think about other people and not just ourselves, especially in the school environment.
0: All right. So if we're talking about, you know, these fake vaccination cards, clearly then you have some people who still are vaccination hesitant especially among those of us who are in higher education, professionals, you know, you have some who don't trust it. You have some students who don't trust it. Why do you think we have such vaccination hesitancy and where do you think media plays a part in this?
2: Um, I personally think that the media kind of, um, well, like you said, it has a place in it. So I think that place is more so, it glor, not glorifies, but we, we mostly know so much about like who has it and who's dying from it but not like the people who kind of recovered so I feel like that kind of already puts um like the consumers or whoever is watching um like what the news is saying whatever that it kind of puts them into not necessarily like fear mode but preservation mode and sometimes I feel like they think like think that they'll main thing of preservation is like to get the vaccine but i'm also on like the i'm not an anti-vaxxer person but it's also like people who can't get it um who can't get it for their own reasons whether it be health related some people have pre-existing conditions who can't get it or people who have really bad reactions to um The medicine that is in it, or people who it's simply just not in their like way of life or their religion and stuff like that. So, when it comes to um, like for uh, what not force but the requirement to get um, like a vaccination card, it's like there's no reason to falsify the card, like there. I that's what I think. There's no reason to falsify it if you are somebody who can't get it, there's no reason to lie because then that kind of puts everybody else at jeopardy because like if you didn't get it we need to know that or not even we need to know that but it's like don't say that you did and you didn't because that opens up um uh, a lot of conflict and for everybody's part like personal reason i think
0: jahawa hayes comes to us with a question and she raises the question do you all feel that the unc school system should require all students to get vaccinated? Someone put that out to you all. Do you think that all students do we need to have a vaccination requirement for our students? I'm going to extend it. Students, faculty, and staff in the system. The that's thing a, about uh, you can go, go on. Trevor, you start first. Go ahead, Trevor. Okay. Um,
4: for me, that's a very hard no because there's a lot of that's a, that's a hard no because students requiring to get vaccinated, it's just. It just doesn't like, like uh, Janine said, um, it might not rely on someone's faith or religions or their just way of life. And simply, you just can't force anything on anybody. But I also believe any decision you make, you have to go with your decision. So, like, if you decide not to get the vaccine, you have to face those consequences. And if you do get the vaccine, you have to face those consequences as well. So, like, I believe you should just stay to your truth, stay truthful. Like, don't don't be lying about the vaccine if you get it. Just stay truthful and um, just pay attention to your decisions you make, and um, you have to pay the consequences for whatever decision you make because life is all about decisions. So you shouldn't force it on nobody either. Okay. Someone else.
3: I definitely agree with that. Um, whether you get it or not, like you should just be truthful about it. I think with the environment of vaccines, it's just going to cause an increase of more fake vaccination cards because people just some people just don't want to get it. Um, when I was doing research, it's this app called Telegram, and it's like a messaging app. Checkpoint, which is, I guess, like a research-based um, organization, they found a 200% increase in the number of vaccination sales on that app. And clearly, if they're getting a vaccination card through their app is fake. So I think a requirement will only make an increase for more fake vaccination cards.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you do realize, though, so before you can even start school, period as a whole, you have mm-hmm. to have basic vaccinations. You have to have your polio, diphtheria, all that stuff. You have yep. to have a load of vaccinations before you start k through twelve. You have to have vaccinations before you start higher ed, Um, among them hepatitis. You gotta have Mm -hmm. your mumps, measles, rubella. So if you gotta have these other vaccinations, what's the issue?
4: That is is very true, you're very right. But at the same time, that was at a point in time where many children and kids didn't have a choice but to get it from their parents. Parents had to advise the children to get their shots. Parents took their children to get those shots. And now people are coming to the age where they have a decision to make and like i said it's your decision whether to get the shot or not to get a shot but either way whatever decision you make you have to follow with those consequences or whatever comes after you're not getting a shot or you're getting a shot so so it comes down to a choice you have a choice now someone else
2: also to that um I think, like, just because we already have, like, when we start school and stuff like that, just because we already have vaccinations that we're supposed to get does not mean, like, Mm -hmm. we have to add on. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, we already had the polio and the chickenpox vaccinations and all of that. But it's like, okay. (laughs) I don't know how to politically Yeah,
4: I don't know how to put it either. Like,
2: Like, it doesn't mean we have to, like, do that as well. Like, that can all, that should some things are like it's not up to you and then other things are it is up to you so i feel like with like immune system based um vaccinations like you kind of got to let your immune system like tell you that first if that makes sense like if your immune system if you already know your immune system is weak like then maybe you should lean into certain vaccinations but if you are somebody who is 30 or not even 30, because I'm not even 30. If you're 21 and you've never gotten the flu once in your life, it's like, even as a baby, it's like, do you. What, what do you do? Um, so, yeah. This
0: is. We have another question that came up and I'll go to that. It's coming to us from Ianni. Do you think that it's appropriate that many schools are requiring students to get vaccinated, even though some children have health problems and can't Get the shine. And remember, before we even go, none of us here are health experts. So we want to make sure we put that disclaimer <laughs> right. out. None of us here are health <laughs> experts. We are strictly talking about the culture of where we are right now, the vaccination culture, the mass culture, how media ties into that. Now that I've given that disclaimer out of the way, proceed with an answer.
1: I personally don't think it's, it's appropriate since, like you say, some people are hesitant about it because... They, they don't know the after effects of one year, two years, three years. So they want to see what it will do to people before they proceed to get it. Now, I think schools should have a kind of a program for people who don't want to get the vaccinations, like a strictly online
4: program since there
1: are higher at risk.
4: Somebody else? Um, To add on to what he said, um, I believe maybe schools can have an incentive to get the shot but not a requirement for to get the shot because i work at a i work at a job that um they have a more like incentives for their employees to get the shot and not more or less of not requiring you to get the shot because you can ask somebody to get it but you can't require them to do something so maybe um schools should maybe put incentives like maybe a i don't know reward for getting this shot, but a requirement, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> a, re- a reward for getting a shot. Well, let me go ahead and help you with some facts checking.
0: Let's go ahead and do a little fact checking here because I think this is going to be important. So Indiana University, the system of Indiana University, there was a big brouhaha there in regards to um, the COVID vaccination. And what you had were some students who were stating that it violated their rights as far as getting the shot. Mm-hmm. And so according to this report that we've got here, I'm going to read and turn to the other score. It says a federal appeals court has rejected an appeal of a district court ruling denying an injunction against an Indiana university rule requiring all students to be vaccinated with COVID-19, a three judge panel of the U S court of appeals or the seventh circuit used language rejecting the appeal that strongly backed Indiana university. People who do not, want to be vaccinated may go somewhere else. Many universities require vaccinations against SARS-CoV-2, but many others do not. Plaintiffs have ample educational opportunities. So I think we see freedom of choice at play here. That's interesting. What do you think about that?
3: i think the university is within their rights to say you if you want to go here you have to be vaccinated if you don't want to be vaccinated you have other options because there is so many other options for school so i believe they are within their rights to do that
0: yeah
4: i agree Yeah,
3: <laughs>
0: you got a choice and they got a choice
3: right I agree with that Absolutely.
0: Agree. well again higher ed is becoming a marketplace it is a marketplace where people can choose to either opt in or opt out. So it's very interesting as we begin to see this. I am waiting to see, I mean, cause it is an excellent legal challenge. It's a big legal challenge when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So let's go back because there's some other things that are taking place as we talk about the vaccination and masks. And that is masks in K through 12. In fact, if we go back to our trusty 3D Blackboard or Soul Train Scramble Board, um, a homage to the late Don Cornelius, uh, you can actually see that most recently, as of yesterday, there was this. There was a crazy case that involved a very pronounced or vocal congressman from North Carolina who basically was stating that people needed to uh, get their ma- They didn't need to have a mask on. And it's very telling where we are in the times. Do you think that, well, well I mean, what do you think about this masking culture in K through 12? Because I know that the data that's most prevalent is now stating that the biggest target of COVID-19 are those clearly who are not vaccinated and those who don't, they don't have a vaccine for. And unfortunately that's our students or kids who are under the age of 12. But you have some family who are saying they don't want their children to wear a mask. It's like, we, it's in violation of their first amendment rights. What do you think about this? Are we at a culture war when it comes to this mask mandate or the issues of masks? I honestly
1: think it's, it's kind of crazy since, you know, we, we kind of had at least nine like COVID clusters, clusters at the first on the first day of school with um, mm-hmm. Salem Elementary School having the highest of like 15 cases on that day. So knowing that, I, I would think that parents want their kids to wear masks to at least help them keep them safe. To at least...
0: Someone else,
2: I think that masks are like oh, yeah. the basic practice, like especially in K through twelve um, uh, settings and stuff like that. Because like kids before COVID, like kids are germy, like kids are not nasty, but like kids are you just like, call them I, I'm the older sister of four. So it's like, I've seen like just the germs and it's just like, okay. Um, I think that with the mask mandate being in, um, like elementary schools and high schools and stuff like that, that's kind of necessary because it's, it's germs. And I think like, Along with the whole like the the spreaders of COVID, like are the unvaccinated, yeah, yeah. But it's like also the people who don't take the necessary precautions to not spread it, because even there are vaccinated people who still can get the virus. So it's like if they're they, if they think they're just so unvaccinated and they're walking around without masks and touching up everything, like you're also, um, well, not you, but like that person can also be like one of the the people, I guess, the, the cronies, I don't know what to call them, but it's like, um, the, I just think it's, it's necessary. Like a mask and basic sanitation is necessary, especially in public settings when there are already germs going around Period. at the end
3: is <laughs> that's, that's what I have to say about that. I definitely agree. I was exposed to COVID, um, sometime earlier this year at work and we were not social distance. Clearly we worked together. My job is pretty small and I did not get COVID because of the mask. So I, from there, it really showed me how important wearing a mask is in public now because it really is our only barrier to protect ourselves.
0: I think that's a good point. I think that's very fair. I think when you have this conversation, it's also important to consider you know, the number of hospital beds that are now available. Because when you think about this, we were not prepared for this. I don't think we were ready for this. We, we just weren't ready for this. So we all know that there was this recent challenge with the crate challenge. And I think you all know my opinions on it. I think the crate challenge is crazy, but um, that's just me. But um, I think the the thing that has me just baffled the most about it is that if you break your neck, there's a very real possibility you will not get seen by a doctor because of uh, ICUs are being crowded. Um, I'm trying to pull up some data on that now. Did anyone by chance look at the data? Or has anyone had a chance to look at the data in regards to the hospital beds that are just being flooded right now? Where
3: are we As at of that? yesterday, Um, in North Carolina specifically, 3,630 people were hospitalized. So not sure, it didn't say how many beds were left, but that's the number of people that were hospitalized as of 1130 yesterday. That's that's a lot of people.
0: So if we take a look at this article we have with Forbes, I'm gonna pull that up real quick so we can see that. Um, It's just amazing. I shouldn't say amazing in a positive sense, But it's really stunning because they're telling us these six states have almost no ICU beds left as COVID hospitalizations soar. So these states include Alabama, Um, another state we're looking at is Georgia, Kentucky, Texas. These are all states that are being hit hard with their ICU beds. And so when we talk about this crazy challenge that people are doing, I'm like, wow. So if you break your neck, there's a very real possibility you won't make it. In fact, they did a story not too long ago about a man who, who was trying to get to a hospital. He was an Alabama citizen or resident. And the fact was, is that he unfortunately had to go to a cardiac intensive care unit in Mississippi, some 200 miles away and died. So yeah, I don't know, are we really back? Will Lamarch who joined us earlier has a question for us. He wants to know, do we think that the public and private school divide is relevant when it comes to mask mandates? What do you all think about that? Good question.
1: I feel like a private school would have more of a say on mask mandates than a public school.
0: <laughs> okay. Elaborate. That's that was just too quick, too fast, too furious. Give me some more information on that one. Like a private school.
1: Let's see. I feel like they'll have how did I say? Or for a public school. I just feel like there's just more freedom in a public school. I came from a public school. I came from a private school. Or I went to a public school, I went to a private school. And there's a big cultural difference between mm-hmm. both programs. Okay. So in my experience, I feel like you have more of a say in a public school than a private school.
2: Okay. Private schools are very um what's the word? Not oh. hands on is not the word. It's more um like like they're more prevalent in how things are ran. So I know, like, at St. Mary's, just from at St. Mary's, that's the Episcopal uh, uh, School in Manhattan. And they, of course, it's like they control uh, what type of uh, vaccination you have and then um, down to, like, what you have to wear for, like, uniform, just things of that nature. Like, they have a, a say in how the child has a... Come to school, and it's like if you don't follow those rules, it's like automatic like demerit, like or your parents are getting called, and it's not your fault. It's the fact of how you came to to school that day or something like that. So to say, like um, the mask mandate would be a lot more uh, a lot more enforced. They enforce a lot of their rules a lot more than private, I mean, in public schools, because public schools are, like, le- lesser of the, the structure. So, yeah, I guess. Okay.
4: Well, with the question, I'm not sure what you mean by relevant. If you can clarify me, I can answer it.
0: Okay, so I guess when he's talking relevant, he's asking, you know, is there a real public private school divide? Is that conversation relevant at this time? Meaning, is there... the difference, I guess, between public and private schools, meaning, and I'm looking at the question and will correct me for wrong about this whole piece with autonomy, you know, how much autonomy does a private school have compared to let's say a public school. For example, we're noticing right now here in the North Carolina UNC system that no, there's been no system mandate that says that the schools must have everyone vaccinated. They must, have everyone wearing masks, whereas at a private school, like with Duke, there is a mask mandate now, and you must be vaccinated to come to Duke. Um, With SAS, they have issued an ultimatum recently. If you're a SAS employee, you must be vaccinated by this certain day and time. And the argument, I think, that's being made politically here is uh, the country just simply cannot afford another lockdown. Uh, The lockdown was it was cost prohibitive. Um, A lot of money has been circulated out to keep folk afloat. The other issue that we talked about earlier, really, uh, you all talked about it yourself, was this whole thing about people not wanting to go back to work. Why do you think people don't want to go back to work? And I think that's a very interesting conversation. So I think we're looking at pressure here to get people back to work. And by doing that, we can see now that a lot of the federal aid has been cut off, right? And as the aid has been cut off, that I think is putting sort of a bottleneck on folks to say, we need you to get back to work now. But the confidence, and this is Russell speaking, feel free to chime in if you want to, the confidence of Americans right now is kind of divided. You have some who are divided that is sense that, okay, we're divided along the sense we are, we trust the vaccination. We're going to trust the policies and so forth. Then you have others who are not going to trust it. I think that's been muddied by a political side of the fence one may sit on. So I think when you have that happening, you know, we're looking at a big, big issue here. You know, So we'll offer some clarification. Mm-hmm. Basically that, Dr. Bob really... Just if there should be a difference between what the public and the private institutions should require,
4: so okay, I understand. You, it
0: now. So now answer the question.
4: Well, not he put it like that. Um, really, there shouldn't be no difference, simply because we're all human. So we should all try to try to follow the same guidelines. But in a perfect world, that's never true. We're not going to all be the same, and the public and private institutions, oh, man. So I look at it like, does that that school have more money? Is that the reason why they're placing those rules? Or is it because they're trying to protect their students or it because it's their own personal choice? It's very hard. It's a very fine line to like to say say that, but uh, I, I really don't think there should be a difference there. I really don't. Okay. It's just public and private school.
0: Okay, well, we're gonna put a pin in that right there, and we're gonna be back after a quick break. Because when we get back after our break, we're going to talk about what's trending. So we'll see you in roughly 30 seconds. Prescription drug pricing points to corporate
3: Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Before it's too late, understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org.
0: Welcome back. And we are at that segment that says, what's trending? That's a new section that we put together where we actually talk about the things that are going on in the pop culture circles. Certainly between y'all's demographic. When I say y'all's demographic, I mean the folks who are under the age of 35. I trust that many of you are under the age of 35. And if you have some other folks out there who are over 35, welcome to my side of the fence. So let's go, that was meant to be a joke, you can laugh. So having said that, let's go ahead and talk about what's trending. Okay, someone's talking about concerts returning. Who's gonna
2: have that one for you? Um, I So concerts, we are welcoming artists back to the stage. Um, Recently, we've had a few concerts who uh, stopped uh, the whole concert culture for COVID. They recently returned, such as um, Rolling Loud. There was no Rolling Loud 2020, but in 2021, from July 23rd to the 26th, I believe. um, Rolling Loud went to Miami and welcomed a few um, guests back to the stage. Also, um, what else? There are a few uh, artists who are going back to the stage, such as uh, Trippy Red, Rod Wave. Um, he Rod Wave recently performed, and then actually at Central, um, Moray came to our ten forty break, ten forty at night break. So, um, concerts are kicking back up, and that's good for people who are into like music festivals and stuff like that. Um, however, sometimes it could get a little shaky with you know COVID because that's the big. uh, big deal as of right now, especially with um, festivals where there are a bunch of people who are loud and singing and majority probably won't have a mask on. So it's like a good thing, but then at the same time, it's like, yeah, what else is there? However, um, there are a few um, platforms that have just went, not just, but there are a few platforms that have transitioned from in-person events to like at home. Um, events such as Tiny Desk, they went from Tiny Desk concerts to Tiny Desk home concerts. So that was a good way that they, um, and they are still doing home concerts. They're not like back when regular Tiny Desk. So I think they're um, one of the uh, musical outlets that are still uh, <clears throat> still keeping up with the times, but uh, you know, allowing artists to perform. So, yeah. Very
0: good, you're very good. Now, as you talked about counseling or canceling. We got to talk about it, y'all. Mm-hmm. Shikari Richardson. What's happening with her, y'all? Somebody talk to us. She's getting canceled. Uh, are you sure she's getting canceled?
3: I don't really think she's getting canceled. She was just at the Met Gala. So, and that's such a prestigious event. Like I really don't think... I think at the end of the day, it's always going to be people talking about you. It's always going to be backlash. But she's still getting opportunities handed out to her.
0: Right. Okay, but what's been going on with her? I mean I mean everyone's seen the video, they've seen the other videos. What's happening with her right about now? Talk to me. You're saying see. she's getting canceled. Gregory, why is she getting canceled? Well, she having a whole lot of fight not fights, but
1: like verbal fights with such as films. that tracks are from um, Jamaica. They've been going back and forth on social media.
0: Okay. So is she going to be canceled or not? What do y'all think?
3: I think the issue a lot of people are having is that I kept seeing like we can't keep defending you. And like, I know like at first when you first say like the marijuana thing, okay. But then it's like when you keep getting into like the news for being like not such good things, it's just like people get tired. They don't want to keep defending you for, and you're being problematic. So like I said, I personally think there's always going to be backlash. And just simply because she was at the Mac Gala, I don't think she's going to get canceled. So
4: okay. yeah, I, I agree. I don't think she's she's really being canceled because there's people who just ride the wave. And then there's people who really support her and like people who really just bash on her. they don't really support her. They do really like they're not really with her. So you either with a person or you're not with a person.
0: OK, OK. And so now we're looking at another thing that just came in recently, and that is now with Chadwick Boseman. So what if, for those who don't know what the new What If series is about, the new What If series talks about, it takes like after the comic book that Marvel, I'm a comic head myself, but uh, what it is is that they're looking at these hypothetical questions. And in this one thing they talked about as you can see, we'll see if we can get this one. Um, it is this what if what was it? T'Challa, so if, The yeah, character Star- of T'Challa became Star yeah. Lord as opposed to the Black Panther. And people are all they're all for this. Someone talked to me about it.
4: Trevor, oh, you watched yes. this, right? Oh yes, yes. It was a very, very, very expansive show. Like I believe um Disney Plus did a very good job and um Marvel fans like you said will enjoy this so if you like if you like Black Panther or any type of Marvel movie you'll enjoy this and um in this episode you get to see the Black Panther alongside travel alongside young dude and the Ravagers he travels alongside him and um he even just he just takes the whole entire role of Star-Lord and um actually just reverses and becomes his own person and and, um, and then in the episode you get to see him talk to thanos and actually tell thanos to not destroy the world that's a very important part in there
0: excellent anyone else see the episode please if you have not not that we're plugging a particular uh streaming outlet uh but please that is an excellent homage in fact mm-hmm. another highlight that we know about chadwick boseman is that at howard university which is also my alma mater uh, they just named Fine Arts Building after the late actor, the late Academy Award nominated actor. So, that again is just something to let people know that this man, uh, his star was and still, you know, pre- he's going to be relevant, period, in the story. And the fact that your name is on a building says a lot. So, and I think we can't, of course, we can't not have a conversation about, of course, the craziest thing in the world, and that is. <clears throat> the crate challenge. So let's talk about this crate challenge and, and just get down to the brass tacks about it. Talk to me about the crate challenge. Let's find someone who's done the crate challenge. Okay, so has anyone here done the crate challenge?
2: Let me ask that question. Let's start with you. I haven't, but I think like I could probably make it. <laughs> you think you I wouldn't can try it though. It? Okay,
0: so someone tell us about the crate challenge.
2: So the crate challenge is um, a challenge that kind of swept the swept the urban areas. I'll say, um, and that's just when you stack crates up, like um, like boat crates or whatever. You stack the crates up from one to I think six, and then back down to one. And the challenge is you just go up crates and go back down without falling. However, the way like. Gravity is set up in the way kind of people's uh,
3: <laughs> the, uh, way
2: the way the focus and the gravity is set up. Sometimes well most times, um majority of the people like don't go. And I guess like that's the the part of the challenge that's like the most important is like seeing if they make it in. Like, yeah, so that's that's that. And people are really hurting themselves over that. Like on um social media and stuff like that, like, you'll see like the aftermath and it'd be like bruises and like black spots and red spots on people's necks and backs. And it, it gets bad. It gets bad. So why would
0: someone do this? What's the point if it's going to cause you injury? Why do it?
2: Because like people probably think they, like I said, I think I could do it, but I won't. I know I can't. Like, But some people probably have that, um, that, What's the word that gumption like they see it and like ah, I called it foolishness
4: back
0: in 1985,
2: <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably that too.
0: No, because it's like they're not doing it smart, in my opinion. If you're going to do a crate challenge, why not do it someplace where you could at least be safe? I'm like, why not do the crate challenge in a pool or why or not do a crate fine. challenge where there's like soft earth? Well, you see people doing the crate challenge on cement. (laughs) That's what I'm just like, why do it on cement? I I don't understand why. I mean, have we, I guess the question is this, has the pandemic driven us to the point of we're doing things that are toxic to our behavior to make us entertained? People were
2: like, before the pandemic.
0: (laughs) the, The pandemic challenge? The what challenge? The cinnamon challenge. Will you eat a, okay. a, a spoon of cinnamon?
3: I I I, okay, <laughs> okay, so have any easy. of you ever
0: done any of these challenges seriously? I just got to ask.
3: I have. What? I did the cinnamon challenge, but I was do. like 11. Like, I don't know. It was kind of different. I wouldn't do a challenge at this point in my What's life. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anyone else do a challenge? Yeah, the
2: cinnamon challenge, but again, I was eleven too. I was like, 20. yeah,
3: <laughs> different
2: so, age
0: is the most likely with the ice bucket challenge. The ice, the, I, the ice bucket, I can get with. I get ice bucket, but no, 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 no. I think I draw the line on that thing. That that, that, that the crate. No, I can't do that. That that's that <laughs> is for the young. You all mend quickly. The moment that I cracked the fifth decade, I was like, no, <laughs> my bones, my healing powers are not like they were when I was like 25. So it's a little different. Okay, folks, we have come to the top of the hour. We have had a rather robust conversation. We have talked about an awful lot. I want to thank all of you for joining us and welcome back. How do you think about the first show? You do good?
2: Yeah,
3: oh, it's kind of I enjoyed
0: on. it. I have done Man, do the it. lip yeah. challenge. I don't recommend it. Jarhawa says she's done the lip mm-hmm. challenge. Don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna have to do the lip challenge when she shows up in the studio next week. So you all had a good
2: time for those of the newbies? What'd you think about it? Do you have a good time first time out? Yeah, kind of like eased uh, we eased into it. Like it was kind of like eh, at first, but then we kind of got the conversation going, so that was pretty good.
0: Y'all a little afraid, you're a little shook up, but you guys did fantastic. And remember, you only have how many more to go? You only got three to four more to go. You'll be fine. Three. Right. All right. So until then, as we always say, we want to thank you for joining us. Please look for us on our streaming platforms. We are on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, etc. cetera. Uh, we want you to be safe. Be safe. Have a good time. And we'll see you back when we see you. Until then, be safe. Be well. God bless. Where's our music?